superstar. He is an absolute superstar, Tom Mitchell. Crips at the back. Crips is too good. Neil, 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 yes! Oh, how good was that? All right, today's pod is uh, one of my favourite teammates to play with. Uh, we've become very close over the last 12 months I've been at the club. Um, there's a, a little group we like to call the Slack. Uh, Darcy Cameron, Billy Frampton, myself and the Bruz, um, and T. Will, of course. Um, probably one of the best text groups I've ever been in. Yeah, like you probably sure. We're probably operating at roughly 100 <laughs> notifications a night. Yeah, bar Billy Frampton, the bloke never puts in. He so gives we nothing. might have to uh, we might have to give him the boot. But nah, it's a great it's a great group to be a part of. Um, yeah, we do we do text quite a bit. But it's, uh, I always think like, what are the? Oh, I don't have a girlfriend, obviously, but you're with with Ashley and the other boys have partners. I've found it quite funny, like at the best and fairest, chatting to the girls and how they've actually got your phones and muted the group at times because <laughs> we just like you spend no time talking to your partners at home because you're too busy texting the boys just about absolute garbage oh man when i'm sitting there and i'm going back and forth with you boys and i end up just pissing myself <laughs> yeah. ashley's just sitting there like going, what are you laughing at like she's getting angry at the she fact has to be, that, wants to be involved yeah she wants to be involved <laughs> yeah. but she can't because uh yeah no it's actually quite funny when when we're going back and forth message after message and we just start pissing ourselves and then she's just wondering why while we're laughing so much. Well, a lot of it is just to do with stuff that, you know, happens at the club during the day that, um, you know, just little little inside jokes and, and things like that. But it is funny because we spend all day, every day together and then uh, we're all walking out of the club together. It's like, all right, boys, I'll, I'll speak to you in two minutes. And then it's <laughs> straight onto the text group. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. No, it's, it's a great group. That's great good. group of boys. I'd like to thank the sponsor of this episode, Davos and Miles. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, they're a wealth management company. They've been very good to me and a number of other AFL players. As professional athletes, you know, we face a multitude of financial challenges throughout our career. We're time poor and hence don't really have the time to plan for our future a lot of the time. So engaging a suitable wealth manager can assist in avoiding all the financial pitfalls and preparing financially for life after football or whatever you do with your career. So I highly recommend them. You know, fellow AFL professionals, past and present, have been using Nick Davos from Davos and Miles Wealth Partners to secure their financial future, including myself. I've been with them for a number of years now. Uh, you know, they help with things such as cash flow and capital management, finance and lending solutions, tax planning and structuring, investment and portfolio management. What I benefit from in addition to these services is the transparency and tailored approach they take with my personal financial affairs, which has allowed me to focus on my footy whilst they focus on growing and preserving my wealth accordingly. So this can apply to anyone in whatever field you're in. Highly recommend for all listeners uh, that they check out um, www.davosandmiles.com. Get a complimentary financial health check. Uh, this is going to set up your future, so I highly recommend. Mate, we've been on off-season. It's been roughly a month since uh, the big day, which was probably one of the most special days of our lives. And obviously you've been away. We'll get to your trip, but um, it's kind of cool even to see, you know, a few of the boys today. Like I feel like you've just got home and we saw Quainer and Joshy Dacos in at the club and just that bond that you can already feel mm. through achieving what we did. Oh, absolutely. I feel like... Like our culture over the last two years, it's like we we took off and we, like from the moment Fly actually came in, it's like we took off straight away. Like the culture was there straight away. The connection and relationships were just off to a great start. And I feel like Fly's come in and actually really driven that. And um, I feel like this year in particular, it's just gotten stronger and stronger. And now we've, 
won the flag. So it's like we're all best mates. Um, and it's a whole club thing as well. Like mm. it's just not the 23 that went out there and won it on the day. Like it, the whole club going into the club every day, it's just such an amazing place to be around. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get back into it. Like we saw Joshy Dacos before in Q and we're saying to each other, we just want to get back and get yeah. stuck into it because we love training with each other, love hanging out with each other. So it's such a good place to be around. It's a good side, isn't it? Because, you know, you hear things about, um, you know, premiership hangovers and, and things, you know, after after big seasons. But, you know, it's hard to predict the future. But I feel as though we've got a very driven group. And like you said, you speak about the connection and the love for each other we have. It's like, you know, when you – I'm sure you've had seasons as well where – you don't dread coming back to training, but it, you know, you, you, you're not looking forward to the hard work to an extent. Whereas I feel as though we've got a group that we love being around each other so much and we know the hard work's coming, you have to put it in, but it's like, we want it. And it's, yeah. and you know, we got to probably another month off, which we'll yeah. enjoy, but yeah, it's, you can already speak into a lot of the guys, everyone's feeling quite similar. Well, I feel as though like it started from when Fly came in again, like, and um and weighty the performance uh, high performance coach he he came in and yes it's hard work but like you said we love getting after it and we love getting better so it makes it a lot easier and if everyone puts in the hard work and we get a lot out of it then we see the benefits and mm. you can clearly see that um, what we did this year is from just getting better every day hard work mm. and um yes it is hard but we just go out there and we get better we love doing it. We love doing it with such a good group, which makes it so much fun to come into work. And um, I guess I've never really been a part of a, a club or a team um, with just such high energy, wanting to get better. Um, it's yeah, it's actually truly amazing to see what we can potentially do over the next couple of years because I reckon we've got the group to do some seriously special things. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, because. You know, that feeling you get when the siren goes, which we'll touch on a bit later because some of the footage of you is pretty, pretty <laughs> epic. We, me and you had a pretty cool moment on the ground as well. Yeah. Um, we were grabbing each other and, yeah, when it all sort of um, came together. But with even the off-season training, for example, and I haven't been a part of a club that does it like this either and it's probably one of Wadey's, you know, things and the high-performance team in general that, you know, I've been at clubs where you, you get – you know, you're two weeks off and then you're a training program that's very regimented. It's this day, it's, yeah. it's all mapped out and it's all very like this. And the approach here is very different in that we still haven't been sent out a program and because the whole idea of it is to have self-driven athletes, which I've, yeah. I've never even thought of that, but it's like if you need support in an area, whether it be strength with the, your weights or you're running, you can seek out a coach, but it's like a self-driven athlete shouldn't be told what to do it's like exactly you go right. figure it out yourself so today's session like we made that up ourselves. exactly which right. you know we might not have nailed it but I, li I like the idea of it yeah so do i i reckon it definitely just comes down to the individual and we were saying before that it is it is a lot easier and a lot more fun if you do workouts with each other and mm. in groups so uh, we do do that and um i feel like if, if you put in the work no matter the situation you, you don't want to come back unfit. So if you put in the work, mm. you know you you know you're going to come back and feel good and know that you've put in the work to yeah come back and I guess get PBs and whatever that is. So um, and you, you quickly find out if you don't do mm. the work in the off season that yeah. um, it clearly shows. So 
Uh, it, it, I guess it just comes back to the our group and how much we actually want it. And because we've got the ultimate success, we don't. We actually don't want to have a premiership hangover. We want to go again. Yeah. So um, yeah, the, the amount of times I've seen boys sort of getting after it, going into the club, it's it's a great sign. In your season, like obviously you're a superstar player, all Australian, but even on best and fairest night, like I think one thing that was. You, you know, you're going to be modest, but one thing that I thought was always going to be a given was best clubman, which I actually rate as an award across the competition that if you're voted as that within your club, that's pretty special. And I feel yeah. like, you know, you and Steele could have gone to one of you, but you've won it back to back now, which is pretty cool. We'll touch on that. But also coming second in the BNF, like you were that a little, was, you were a little a bit, bit surprised. But you, yeah. Josh Dacos obviously won. Um, and, uh, you know, it probably does help if you play more games in terms of, how the voting yeah. and things like that works. And, you know, you tie with Nick for second. And I remember because we were on the same table, <laughs> yeah. you were not I ready could, for that. Mate, I was not ready for it. And I was actually not ready for the other award for the best clubman. I had gone I and taken it. I actually went to the toilet to take a piss. And then I was coming out and everyone was like, oh, you got to hurry up, hurry up. you got to get up on stage. Your name's been called out for an award. I was thinking, like, what award? Yeah. Anyway, so I come out the back from the toilet straight onto the stage. and Yeah, that's right, because um, you didn't even come back to yeah, the table. Yeah, yeah, and I just stood up on stage. And I wish I could have that moment back because I, I feel a bit rude for it. I just came out and said, sorry, sorry, everyone. I was taking a piss, which was probably not <laughs> acceptable and um, no, the that's right you thing just to being, do. That's just you being you. That's just that's... me, right? So, um, no, very grateful and honoured to be... Uh, yeah, get that award. So um, it, it was a big night. I probably had a few too many drinks before, <laughs> not knowing that I was actually going to win any awards. But um, well, you had to make a, he two, a heads two, up would have been good. Two speeches on the night. Two speeches yeah, on the night. Um, which, yeah, I mean, back in the day, I wasn't too good at public speaking. And well, I was going to say, it, it's probably an improvement on yeah, other speeches you've done in the past. So. I, I think so. I've, I've, I've come a long way with the speeches, but... I reckon I can still uh, still get better with. Mate, that, oh, but, no, um, it, it's all a part the of the best speeches are the ones, that, and I think Pendles was the one that said it to you. I was there. He's like, "Your speeches are the best because they're just so genuine and authentic. Like yeah. it's not, yeah, the boring robotic answer that everyone wants to hear. It's like you're gonna get a bit of the brass." <laughs> well, there were so many like thank yous that I didn't even do. Like I didn't even thank Bolts. I only really <clears throat> thanked Fly. But and it actually, is, it is hard on the spot. Yeah, on the spot, I was thinking like. Like, what do I say here? What do I say? Yeah. And then um, I sort of just rambled on for a bit, and uh, yeah, that's that's all she wrote. So I was just, yeah, I was pretty. I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty pretty pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the BNF nights for, and oh. especially after you won a flag, you've uh, had every reason to have a good night. But yeah. um, let's get to the final series because obviously the journey of the season is so long and there's so many ups and downs, you know what it's like, it's a roller coaster. Mm. So you've been playing footy for a long time and, um, you know, you go through each game and, you know, I've, I heard this stat the other day, we won a combined, the three finals, the combined winning margin was something like 12 points. So we yeah. won by seven, one and four. four. Yeah. So crazy. Like crazy little margins where tiny things add up and so if you you know well, you start at the melbourne game for example like we we were out to a big lead and then melbourne came charging home in the last quarter um and obviously that was a that was a, a tough game for you personally with you yeah, know with the was. incident with gus and you know you two being so close but um 
yeah, how, how did you manage to get through that game? Because obviously, clearly we know and knowing you, it's, it, it was a footy accident. accident. Yeah. Um, but like even to see an opposition player who's still a good mate of yours in the position was in, like how did that make <clears> you feel and did it affect your game on the day? It, yeah, it definitely affected me because I know Angus on a personal level and I <clears throat> grew up playing junior footy with him and I was, um, yeah, quite close with him. When I, I didn't realise I'd actually knocked him out until I sort of just like walked the other way and I turned around and he was just on the floor and I was like, holy shit. So I went over there and to check on him and then I had about 10 Melbourne blokes come over and try to fight me. So I was really, really rattled at the fact that what happened, purely an accident, went up to smother the ball and um, yeah, obviously reached out to his family, uh, reached out to him and his partner, Danielle, did what I needed to do. And I felt like I really, really wanted to show my love and respect to him and Danielle by taking mm. them flowers, a bottle of red. And um, yeah, I just I just think it's a pure accident and accidents do happen in football mm. games. And um, my love goes out to him and I've, I still checked up, uh, I've still checked up on him a yeah. couple of times um, recently. So yeah, all love for him and um, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's an accident, like of I course, said. Of course, yeah. And, but people would think, you know, that whole, you know, how you've handled it post would be manufactured, but the people that know you truly know that that's just genuinely you. Mm. Like all the boys, you know, hence why you've been voted the best club in back-to-back years, the most caring teammate I think I've ever played with. And obviously you, you play on the edge, like on the footy field, like you're, you're hard and tough and you stick up for your teammates. But, you know, off-field, you're... It's almost like you've got like, you know, this split personality yeah. like you i think i'm similar you have to Alter be ego sort of thing. yeah you have, to, you have to be this almost like character yeah um that you become on game day to perform yeah. like i have to get myself into a state where i have to be like that otherwise i'm not going to play well i don't know i don't know what happens it's just like as soon as i cross the white line i this it's just ultimate white line fever pretty much and yeah. but i've got like an extreme level of it like off the field like you said, I'm a caring, loving, we do um, anything for protective, anyone. do yeah. anything for anyone. If yeah. anyone ever needs help, I'm there to help them. And, um, but when I cross that white line, I'm just like, I just feel, my, I actually can feel myself just turn into this. Super Saiyan. Yeah, like Super <laughs> Saiyan bloody competitor that just yeah, wants yeah. blood. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy to think that I can change um, from one person to another it when is. I cross that white line. And I guess that's just who I am and what makes yeah. me the footballer I am. Like I wouldn't change it for anything. So no. um, yeah, I just love competing and I uh, love the physical side of it. And I think it's so funny, like you play with so many different guys across the the journey and different teammates and everyone is, is different. Like some guys need to be, um, you know, quite jovial, relaxed and having a laugh. Like, and we're, we're all very good at that too, but you know, you break up from the three-quarter time huddle or whatever at halftime, there's the blokes like literally still mm. taking a genuine piss, having a laugh. And then there's probably, as we get closer to the game side again, there's guys like probably me and you that are, I oh, know, we need to sharpen here. Yeah. Otherwise, 100%. I know that about myself now. Like I've had games where I've, I've tried to do that. I'm like, it just, personally, it doesn't work. I have to get into a yeah. state to yeah. do my bit for the team. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're not going to yeah. 
be at your best and yeah. at your optimum and I feel well, I like guess, you can relate to that. Yeah, I guess everyone's different. Like I do see Geordie at halftime just standing there um, talking to Jackie the psych. A few blokes are just standing around having a laugh, chit-chatting, but everyone's different. you just got to do what you have to do to be able to go out there and perform. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm like you. We, I like to get moving at halftime and sort of get – I sometimes go against the wall and just hit the wall a couple of times just to get a feel and just get mm. myself up and about. And um, yeah, everyone does different things, but I guess you just got to do what you have to do to be able to go out there and get after it. 100%. If we move on to the next game, so we obviously had the week off um, and then headed to the Giants game, which far out, that was, went right down to the wire as well. Um, yeah, that was crazy. And it seemed as though, from what I could tell, I don't. I don't no, have a lot to do with the back line, but obviously Toby Green being such a superstar of the comet seemed like you and Q both were, you know, supporting each other in a lot yeah. of those contests. Like I, there was a couple of times where, you know, it might be you um, holding out Toby and Q coming to the top and vice versa. And not that it was a plan two on one thing, but the care you guys have in the back line to look out for each other, knowing that how dangerous he is. And he still kicks a few freakish goals oh, in the night man, where it's like you, you can't. Yeah. You can't do anything about that. <coughs> um, you might not have been near him at the stoppage. I was like, freak, left foot snap. Like, how yeah. are you going to stop that? And you know what even makes it harder? He's bloody covered up in oil. Yeah. But I reckon he put some sort of like vinegar oil on because he actually... Couldn't tackle. No, nah, I couldn't tackle him, but he actually, with all due respect to him, he actually stunk. Like he stunk of all this vinegar because it was all over his arms. Really? So I reckon it's a bit of a bit of a power play and actually really smart of him to do it. Because Might have to ask him about that. Yeah, I know. We I'll get him on the Because he, he lathers his whole arms, his shoulders, and it's not just oil. Because I remember back when we played Sydney in the prelim last year and Buddy had oil all over his arms. Yeah. But that didn't stink. Whereas yeah. Toby had this oil on him and it actually stunk like vinegar. Maybe so he's getting get him away from you. Exactly right. And then, uh, it did work at some stages of the game. <laughs> he did have me uh, thinking about it. But, um, yeah, obviously – probably one of the best players in the comp and um, it took quite a few of us to try stop him, but he even yeah. even played one of his better games and he nearly kicked that goal at the end, which was... Well, I was going to say, I was, I was right behind that. Um, Luckily, still was still on the goal Still marked it on the goal line. Yeah. Um, it looked like it was going in. I had the angle right behind it. it, it if it had more distance on it, it probably goes in, so yeah. pretty scary. On the oil thing, who do you reckon started that whole thing? Because I look back to like when I used to watch footy as a kid and I just remember Ben Cousins with the oil. Did he? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like he was just well, Tom chiseled. Haw Tom Hawkins always puts oil all over his arms. I I've reckon it's, it's actually a really smart idea. Never really, tried really it. Really smart tried idea. It? Oh, I've never tried it. I think Dangerfield does it as well. Yeah, he There's does a few people day. that do do it. Um, I, yeah, personally don't think I would ever do that, but yeah. I can see why they do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you need a bit of a tan or something to do it. Uh, like I wouldn't suit it. It's like I wouldn't suit it. I wouldn't suit a tap. <laughs> are you going to get a premiership tap, by the way? And, yes. And where are you going to get it? Yes, I actually need to. I was just thinking something simple, maybe on the, maybe on my ankle somewhere. Nothing silly, nothing yeah. stupid, but I'm no, still trying no. to figure out. But I'm wondering if everyone else is going to get one. Well, I don't want to run by it. No, mate, there's going to be, I reckon, more, than, more, more will than warrant. If there's a tattoo artist out there. I think Jamie's, I think Jamie's, Jamie's got one. Bobby's tater. already got his. Where did, what did he get? I don't know. Well, I saw he sent me a photo of him getting his. Actually, here's a funny story. I was at a, a mate's wedding last weekend um, down Mornington Peninsula Way, and one of my mates, huge Pies fan, um, and his favourite player is Bobby Hill. He's getting on his quad a 
photo, a full photo of Bobby's, of Bobby's head, head. With, a, with a norm. Wow. Good on him. Like, must be a diehard. Some of the, yeah, well, <laughs> literally. And we've met a lot of Pies fans who are diehards. Well, you would have met way more than me being at the club for mm. over 10 years. But what are some funny stories of things that have happened with a Pies fan? I remember when we did that speaking night one night, you were telling a few things about the funniest things you've had to sign and funniest interactions. Give us a couple of them because we love the Pies fans and <laughs> they, they love us. And they love the oh. brass probably more than it. You'd be top top three fan favourite, easy. <laughs> Man, far out. Some funny stories. Um, so when we had the gather round in Adelaide and we went and trained at the Sturt, I think it was Sturt's yep. Oval. Yep. And after, uh, after the training session, we went around and just did a signing session. Anyway, there was this lady, she was like mid, mid-30s, high-30s and... She wanted me to sign her leg because she was going to go get it tattooed. Sign her leg. Sign her leg, right. Sign her calf. And she pulled up her jeans and she had the hairiest legs. And there's no problem with that. Yeah. But it was like this mid, yeah, mid 30-year-old with the hairiest legs, man. And I was like, far out. How am I even going to like ride sign on this that, thing? Because yeah. they were so hairy. They were hairier than mine. Yeah. And um, so, you, she, so she basically wanted you to sign it with a texter so she could trace it. And yeah. get it tattooed. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, and I've had multiple people ask me to sign their heads. But this lady, <laughs> man, when she jumped over the fence, she put her leg up in front of me, pulled her jeans up, and she had the hairiest legs. And I was like, well, I just yeah. <laughs> sort of hit me for six. Did but you still sign it? I still sign it. Yeah. yeah good. So I reckon she's got that tattooed on her leg, which was, um, I wasn't confronting, but it just sort of, yeah, caught me off guard a little bit. Well, man, they um, love the bras. So I love how it's gone this year from, well, from, since I've worked at the club, it's gone from brazzy to bras to oh. you're like this video called the bras and the, ball call, the boys call you the bras. <laughs> there's only one yeah, bras. There's, there's plenty of nicknames. Um, yeah. yeah, just bras, brazzy, more the bras. I sort of refer to myself sometimes as the bras, <laughs> <laughs> which can be that's embarrassing. What, no, but that's the best. In the, in the text groups when you go, nah, boys, the bras doesn't agree with that. That's the best. That always gets a good laugh. Oh, I'm just trying to think of some other funny stories. Um the one while you're thinking, the ones I always find harder are you're very good with kids, and I'm yeah. pride myself on being very good with kids as well. But probably from the ages of like you know three to three onwards. But I always struggle when someone's like, "Oh, can you hold my baby yeah. and get a photo?" And I'm like, "I don't know how to hold a baby." Yeah, and yeah. I'm kind of holding it like a footy, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, "I don't know what to do with this thing." So it's always like this awkward photo where I'm sort of like yeah, yeah. holding it out here, and like I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't. People you don't know, you well, don't want to hold their babies. Yeah, I don't know why they um, why they want us to just hold their babies. This is like fuck, it makes me feel Actually, a bit uncomfortable. This is um, this is funny. We've had a laugh about this before. The funniest ones are when people say, "Oh, can we get a photo?" Yeah, and you go, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. And you go to like put your arm around them and get a photo, and they go, "No, no, no," and they just want to literally just take a photo, photo of you of on you. their phone yeah, as if they run into you. Sense. And so you're sense. just standing there awkwardly with like a thumbs up. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know why they do that. Why wouldn't you want to be in the photo? Yeah, correct. Or what annoys me when people go, oh, I can have a photo, can I have a photo? And then they actually don't have their phone out of their pockets or the camera actually ready to take a photo. Yeah. So you're sort of just standing there like. Yeah, they're, they're the like, tough ones on, which, you know, um, the tough ones on fan days when you've got, you know, thousands of people to try and, um, you know, make their day and make them happy. Yeah, and exactly. Because sort of right. it's so nah, many it's people all, you all respect get to. for our fans. We have the best fans in the land, that's for sure. Oh, big time. Hundred and what, seven thousand? Hundred and seven thousand. Yeah, yeah. I reckon we're going to top that. I reckon we're going to get. I'm. Um, I reckon I'm going to say we'll get hundred and ten thousand in twenty twenty four. 
Heard it here we'll first from the bra- heard it here first from the bras. We'll reach new heights and uh well, it feels good luck well, catching us. You, you yeah, you know better than me, but you know, the, over the last two years it sounds like, but even this year was just an avalanche of like Sunday games, you're getting seventy five thousand finals every game's Ooh. over a hundred yeah. or close to it. We had about like, se- we had like seven oh shit, sorry, I saw that. that. We had like uh seven Sunday games where we were averaging like a crowd of sixty to seventy thousand. Like, yeah, like that's and the Fridays are always ninety five. Yeah, so, mate. It's oh, I think well, is that the biggest difference from when you yeah. I was chatting to actually Michael Roberts, the historian of the yeah. club today. We were talking about how he explained to me that this was probably the biggest premiership in the club's history, and he said, "I'm not just saying that because he's you know historian of the yeah. club, but." because of the connection between the fans and players. And it probably start, stems from Fly's messaging around, we're gonna give back after every training session, every interaction you have ever with a fan, you give them the time, um, you treat them like someone that you know, if you treat them like a friend, they're one of us. Exactly. And right. I reckon they feel that. And then it's it's bought on this absolute, yeah. av- I don't even know yeah. how to describe it, an avalanche. And that is the biggest difference from the other clubs. And I feel as though, if you're an aspiring footballer or a footballer, if you were ever wanting to win a premiership, you'd want to do it at Collingwood because you can't replicate that experience, I don't think. Exactly like Richmond's right. pretty massive. Carlton, huge club. Collingwood, yeah, same thing. I reckon we're definitely the biggest. I reckon we're definitely the biggest and the biggest fan base, obviously. But the way that Fly sort of got his message across to the whole Collingwood Football Club, but our fans was something I've never seen before. Like the way he wanted to bring the fans along for the ride and along for the journey mm. and which we have been doing it's literally in our D- DNA, DNA board it's exactly one of our right. things that we pride ourselves yeah on. but we actually made sure we really brought them along for the ride this final series and I'm not saying we haven't in the past but we um yeah we made it a real focus point and it's literally we've said it all year they're a 19th man for us and mm. they do help us get get us across the line and um because we've had so many close finishes they do help us get, 100%, get us across no the line in those close finishes. And like you said before, 12 points. Well, who's so to say that that doesn't that have that? That's the difference. Exactly right. Like some of the Collingwood chants throughout the game, like I think it might have been GWS or even in the Granny in Brisbane, they started the Collingwood chant like five minutes into the game. Like that's just <laughs> – and you're out there and you can actually hear it. And it's oh, such mate, an amazing – It's spine tingling. Yeah. It's it's euphoric feeling when everyone's going nuts and saying the Collingwood chant. That's why uh, I Even, absolutely love giving it back to them and saying the Collingwood chant, especially after the game. Let's get to that now. That was what I wanted to bring up. So everyone's sort of got their thing, right? So I'm not sure if you've noticed us after games, after a win. Darcy Moore does this thing where he always walks through the middle of the goals, through the cheer squad, and he does this thing, gets yeah. them up and out and does this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your thing, which I think you should cling on and claim, uh, you know, claim this, is starting the Collingwood chant for the fans. So you did it grand final week. <laughs> Do you remember when we did a lap? We're like, let's get around the fans before we start training. We're on the far wing, having a stretch. It's pretty quiet. Then Bruzzy just looks into the crowd and just starts going, Collingwood. <laughs> and then before oh, you knew it, you had 10,000 fans doing it. Yeah, that was that was elite. That was so much fun. And that, that whole week in general is such an amazing week to be a part of i remember in 2018 just like running around get get everyone involved and we didn't actually get the fans sort of involved with it all as much as we did this year and um yeah when we're running that lap 
we sort of were just running around, stopped for a stretch, and I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to do it here. So I turned to the crowd and just started doing the Collingwood chant and everyone was loving it, having a laugh, and that's what it's all about, I guess. And 100%. then, um, yeah, when the final siren went, we all went bananas, celebrated, did what we need to do, but then I was like, here we go, I better go do it. And went to the goal square. Yeah. And I reckon from level one to the top tier of cool. the MCG, we're just saying, uh, saying Collingwood and I just, I don't know, there were just so many emotions running through. Like I was emotional, I was like happy, sad, but it was just absolutely crazy to be, to sort of be in that situation and have everyone sort of looking down and just saying the Collingwood oh, chant. I know sort exactly of where it was because we, at the club, were talking about it. I said, bros, do you remember this? Because I was actually egging you on to do it. So we, we'd started the victory lap, you know, where we come out of the race. So there's that end yeah. of the goals. We'd gone to the other end and we were just sort of like sitting in there, taking it all in. I'm like, bros, I reckon this, this could be you here. Like, and then right. we're and on you, so you walk to the you walk to the fence and you start the Collingwood chant. And then I just remember seeing like level one to four, all black yeah. and white. Thousand uh, people just getting on board with you. I was like, bros, this is your thing now. <laughs> you, you can own this. Man, it was the most euphoric feeling. The things I'd do to sort of get that back, like like we were saying before, the the want now, because we've done it, the want and the willingness to just come in and get after it and go again. Yeah. It's just something that I'll um yeah, I'll cherish forever. And it's something that we have to lead and uh keep doing because Oh, yeah, there's no feeling like it. Like no, there was no, there, there, I've never felt like that ever. So neither. let's go do it again. 100% let's do it again. Uh, we're going to touch on the granny because we're actually going to chuck on a quarter right now. What quarter were you thinking? Well, I was thinking the third. Well, <laughs> Beetlejuice. Well, <laughs> uh, I was thinking maybe the third because only because what sticks out in my head. Well, there's that, there's this kick you do in the second to Howie to Bobby. That's probably one of the most iconic players of the granny. Yeah. We can watch that because I reckon that's cool too. But I was thinking yeah, the third because you do have this one play where you stream off half back, you hit Jamie, oh, you yeah. hits Bobby um, from memory as well. That's the quarter you have your set shot. You almost bomb one from 50. Mm. Almost nailed. You flushed it. I did flush it. And then I don't know how it didn't go in. I reckon the wind, the very last second, yeah. just took it to the left a bit. And oh my God, if I had to kick that. Yeah, wow. I would have gone bananas. but um, <laughs> You would have started calling with chance on the bench. Yeah, well, right I, had, I had Geordie going around, bloody asking for a handball, and I thought, nah, mate, just leave it I to me. But now, up. because I missed it, yeah. probably should have given it to him because he was on that game. Yeah. It's, um, right, well, let's let's, let's it chuck the third on. Yeah, Give it a go. Let's go. Go, Russ. Let's do it, Russ. Nice.